You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Necessary Roughness, brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, T.J., I'm sure it was a long plane ride home. Uh, it was a long weekend for everyone. Uh, Sunday, and when you look at that game, I know you haven't had a chance to look at it again because you were traveling last night, but what concerns you the most coming out of the first five games, but more specifically yesterday going into the bye week? Well, the whole weekend wasn't bad. Saturday was a nice day, John. Saturday was a great Michigan day. Michigan won. Eastern yeah, Michigan, Michigan pounded Western. So, you know, it, it was a half, another half weekend. Saturday was good. Sunday was <laughs> um, You know what? I think the most concerning thing for me yesterday coming out of that game was just the team didn't look ready to go. I mean, they just – there's a certain energy uh, you can feel on the sideline. There's a certain juice, a certain swag uh, that is uh, – you, you can feel it. You know what I mean? You, 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 you can see it. Uh, based off how guys are warming up, how guys are interacting with each other on the sideline. Um, and when things start going bad, you know, who's going to be that guy to either, you know, get in somebody's ass and get them going or maybe the opposite, maybe calm guys down a little bit and, you know, just try to try to, try to to galvanize the team, yeah. you know. And, um, gosh, I didn't see it with the defense against Seattle. And yesterday I didn't see it really from anybody. And, you know, I kind of made it a point there being on the sideline just to kind of keep an eye on, uh, you know, how the guys were interacting with each other. What You know, was there any panic setting in? Well, just kind of get the vibe. And uh, the vibe just felt like this was a team that wasn't ready to go. And for me, that's a concern because for most of these games, the last, um, what, 22 now under Dan Campbell, um, they've been competitive, right? They've given right. themselves a chance to at least always fought. do something in the fourth quarter. Hey, maybe you get a lucky play and, you know, you can swing the game. Um, there's also been a couple games where, look, they just ran into a couple buzz saws and <laughs> got ran out of the building, you know. But um, yesterday was a concern because it felt like uh, it felt like a team that they should have matched up pretty well with um, and to just – really had not have any answers, especially going into a bye week. You know, players, coaches always talk about it. Don't look forward. You know, we all know yeah. what's coming. Don't look forward. It's impossible. You know you got you know you got a week off coming up after this game. Um and to go out there and um really just have no energy whatsoever to me was a concern because 
normally when you see that, it's like, okay, is it fair to start asking questions? Are the guys, you know, are they Bail starting to in. question each other? Are they starting to question coaches? Are they starting to question this and that? or you know, Whatever it is. Or, yeah, like you said, uh, mail it in. I don't think they're at that point yet, only five games in. But um, well, you it's certainly so. going – I mean, it certainly seemed like it's going the wrong way. And normally when, when you see that happen for teams, there's – there's just a feeling of despair, that lack of trust. Hey, we're getting it done offensively. You're not doing it defensively or vice versa. And you're always – but but that doesn't normally set in until, I don't know, Thanksgiving time, December, right. last four or five weeks of the season when you've already been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. And, um, you know, it would take a miracle for them to be able to turn things around and, you know, become a playoff team. That's not even what we're talking about. But it's going out there and fighting for 60 minutes. And and here's the other thing, too, is that, guys, even though they may not believe in the coach, they may not believe, they may not have trust in the guys on you know, the other side of the ball, they all still know that they're playing for jobs, whether it's their job here in Detroit, their job at any of the 31 teams. And when you lose that perspective of going out there and playing, and, and I think it's still early for that to be happening, but it it certainly raises an eyebrow, raises the question, and and then it also raises the question when you see Dan Campbell go for it six times on fourth down, and they're zero for six. Is there a feeling of despair amongst the coaching staff <clears throat> that they believe we either we we've got to go for it, we've got four downs to make a first, and if we don't, then you know, one, we're, we're not good enough, we don't deserve a first, or, you know, I, I just don't understand why so aggressive on every single fourth down. Yeah, every single game, you know. There's certainly games where you play. Look, when you play Philly, uh, when you're going to play Green Bay, when you're going to play, you know, Miami with probably Tua, like those are teams Last that... Last year against the Rams, yeah, great those, example. Yeah, those are teams that you probably feel like uh, we got to steal a couple possessions, you know, we got to, and when we do have the ball, you know, we don't want to punt it back, you know, because, uh, that's how good they are on the other side. But yesterday you're looking at a third string quarterback, a rookie Bailey Zappi, what had been one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Um, there's times as coaching staff, you just got to play the field possession game. You know, you got to make, like you said earlier, you got to make a rookie quarterback, go 85, 90 yards to go beat you. You know, you can't just keep handing him a great field position around midfield. I mean, it's been like that all damn season. Like, even the Minnesota game. Minnesota had one drive of over 60 yards. Their other drives were like 45 yards, 51 yards. You know what I mean? Like, you're just not making teams do it it the hard way. You're not making them earn it. You're not making them earn it. You're basically giving them – you know, two or three free first downs to start their drive. And yesterday just seemed like a game to me that was going to be about field position. It was going to be about, uh, you know, trying to pin them back. You know, hopefully, you know, your defense step up against a young rookie quarterback, uh, you know, and, and try to get the ball back, you know, in midfield. Like, you know what I mean? You've got to swing the game that way. Punting is not a bad thing, um, especially when you're going against a team that you feel like their offense – isn't good right so I I just look I think the players 
you know, talking to a couple guys, I think they love the fact that uh, Dan is so aggressive on some fourth downs because, yes, that does show you that the coach trusts us, right? Um, coach, hey, coach thinks we can get one yard. Let's go get a yard, you know, and, and – uh, you know, obviously couldn't get it done yesterday, but there was just so many confusing things that went on. I mean, you know, well, Stenberg starting at right guard over Evan Brown or Dan Skipper. I mean, we saw Stenberg first couple weeks look like he's not a starting lineman, right? And right. they roll him out yesterday in that first fourth and one. They run behind him instead over your, you know, all pro or your Pro Bowl left guard and, and Taylor Decker. And it's like, what are we doing? And then later in the game, a third and two, you know, you got a clear design where, you know, right tackle's blocking down. Somebody's supposed to pull and kick out that defensive end. Doesn't happen. You lose seven yards. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. can't afford to, to make those mistakes and just, man, it just – it was a bad day offensively. You know, it was a bad day. We've said about that the first four weeks. We said, you know, it was a bad day defensively, right? Offense was rolling. Yesterday was just, uh, man, and, and and we knew it was going to come at some point. We knew the offense wasn't going to be able to sustain, you know, 35, 40 points a game. That just doesn't happen. Uh, sooner or later, you're going to run into a little bit of a roadblock. Um, we just didn't expect it to be that bad. You know, and and I think that uh, you, it's you can't point the finger at one person. I mean, the coaches got out coached. Jared Goff never looked comfortable. The offensive line uh, probably had a forgettable day. Um, you know, wide receivers dropping a couple passes. I mean, you know, it's it just offensively, uh, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And when you throw in the fact that you know there were a couple questionable coaching decisions as well. Um, this team's just not good enough to overcome all that. No, the one that bothered me the most was the opening drive, the fourth and one. And, you know, yeah, I, I would prefer not to run it right over Stenberg. I would prefer to have a little more creativity simply because you know – I mean, if we know what's coming, you, you sure know Bill Belichick knows what's coming. And, they, and it seemed like they had every all of their bases covered on that because even if they didn't hand it off uh, to the fullback – you know the pitch man had some. They had somebody there to account for him. You know Jared Goff isn't gonna, you know, run around end for a first down. So uh, it, it just felt like there wasn't any creativity. But the reason it bothered me, and you kind of touched on this, was you've got a rookie quarterback, third string quarterback, Bailey Zappi, who. I mean, nobody believes that you know he's going to be a a. You know, the, at least right now, the projections are that he's not going to be a stud in this league. He's yeah. a guy that's going to come in, maybe get you out of, out of out of trouble every once in a while. Maybe he'll develop into a reliable number two, but it's his first start. And yeah, they're at home, so it's a comfortable environment. But if you don't convert on that, you've got to think about that. Okay, what happens if we don't convert? We put a defense that we don't have a lot of faith in, and and I don't know why they would have faith in the defense after the the first four games that that they've you know seen. You're going to put them on the field. You're going to give New England a short field. Uh, they're starting on on our own 45 yard line. Plus, a rookie quarterback. If you punt it and you you get them down, let's just say because Jack Fox is really good at what he does, it's at the 15 yard line, 10 yeah. yard line, and you're looking at going 90, 85 yards. And you're forced to make good decision after good decision, accurate throw after accurate throw, and and yeah, they're going to hand the ball off and run the ball. They're they're very good at that as well. But 
I would think that you would want to make a rookie quarterback go out there and beat you, win the game. Yeah. And they didn't do that. Yeah, no, and it was, uh, I mean, Bailey Zappi outplaying Jared Goff. <laughs> wow. Nobody would have thought that, you know, well, and I know no. Jared, you know, Bailey Zappi didn't get touched the entire game. Jared looked like he was under pressure, uh, certainly more than what we've seen uh, throughout the first four games, but... Yeah, I just think, man, there's times a coach when you're the coach, you got to understand what kind of game it is. Uh, you got the ball your own 45 yard line. Is punting the end of the world there? No, we all want points right on the first possession. We all want to go set the tone. We all want to extend drives. You got to make. You, you just gotta. You got to make the right call. You know what I mean? And I think the right call in that situation is is just trying to pin them back because of everything you just listed. You're not going against Aaron Rodgers. You're not going against Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. You're going against Bailey freaking Zappi. If he's going to beat you going 90 yards, you know, so be it. We'll make some adjustments, you know. But the the fact that it's just been so aggressive at times where it feels unnecessary, um, gosh, man, just start to feel like a broken record because we always have something like this to talk about every yeah. single Monday. And, uh, you know, hopefully during the bye week, they take a really hard look at not only what they're doing, um, you know, with scheme or players or whatnot, but also taking a look at uh, some of the decision-making that has unfortunately uh, cost them a few times so far, only five games in. So here's here's a question that has to be asked. Um, you know, you're what Dan Campbell is what 22 games now into his head coaching career uh, as a permanent head coach. Is is it too early to ask the question? Is can he learn from his mistakes? Can he learn to make different decisions? And I don't necessarily want to say better because obviously, if he converts it, I still have a problem with it. But most people would probably say, you know, oh, he's just aggressive, went for it, got it, extended the drive. You know, it probably goes unnoticed. Um, is it is it is it too early to say, you know, Dan Campbell is so stubborn right now that he's not willing to learn from from his mistakes? <laughs> no, I mean, I hope that I, I thought that uh, coming into year two, you know, we were going to see him learn from some of the things we saw last year. Yeah. And last year, look, I mean. Can we give him a free pass? I mean, maybe. Not a free pass, but but you're kind of figuring it out as you go. And, you know, I think expectations last year were nobody expected this team to do much, which they didn't. Um, So you could kind of understand some of the more aggressive calls last year, um, just trying to tinker with things and play with things and, hey, figure out, hey, is this the right situation to do it and whatnot. There's just – with Dan Campbell, though, he talks so much about – you know, well, my gut told me this. You know, my gut yeah. told me that. It's like I, I get that, man. And you don't want to take away that that intuition or anything. But at the same time, there's there's times you got to listen to your head instead of your gut. You know what I mean? And it's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. 
a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's not too, I mean, it's not too early. I feel like you're, you're 22 games into this thing, man. And it's not just one or two or three times, John. It's almost what feels like every game that we have something to talk about uh, when it comes down to de- to, to decision making. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's got to be a concern, right? And I think that, but the good good the good part about Dan Campbell is he is a guy that I think is very accountable. I think he's a guy that looks in the mirror first, you know, as opposed to. Uh, looking around, finding other people to blame. So hopefully he takes his bye week and uh, starts figuring some things out, man, because this team cannot continue to play this way. Uh, not only are you, you you haven't put together a full game yet, but you know, you're know you also having some mistakes on the coaching staff side where you're just not good enough to play that way. So hopefully that, that's something they take a deep dive, uh, deep look at you know, throughout the next – 10 days whenever they uh, get back to work for Dallas. Well, and and so obviously there's questions about the coaching staff. I'm sure there's going to be people that have questions about Brad Holmes. I still like what they're doing, how they've built, how how they're building this team. Um, And I'm frustrated that we're not seeing more results early on. Uh, But, you know, the offense is obviously clearly better than it was last year. It's operating, even though, yeah, yesterday they didn't score any points uh, and, and it looked very inept. If you take the entire sample of this season, all five games, offense is performing at a higher level than it did last year. Defensively, not so much. And But but then I'm curious if you noticed this yesterday. Um, and as I look at the box score, they made a decision last year to cut an individual that was drafted by the the previous regime. And I don't know if you noticed this, but did you know who the leading tackler for New England was probably Devai. <laughs> probably Devai. Jelani Devai. Like, doesn't that happen Robert. all the time? Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, the storyline going in was this offense. I mean, sorry, uh, this defense facing Matt Patricia, uh, and you know the the not named, but we know the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. But did you notice Jelani Devai? Did they possibly let a guy that, as we look at our linebackers? that could be helping us right now on our roster? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, okay. 
I, I did. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't did he stick play? out to you? No, I mean he didn't stick out to me as far as being a, a you know game changer or anything like right. that. I mean, did he play solid? Like, yeah, he made a lot of tackles, which is always good. Um, but no, I mean, I I don't think there's anything about his game that I looked at and said, man, that's something that you know. Wish he was still here. Yeah, you know, I don't think I I got that feeling at all. There's there's a trap that I think some of us, especially as former players, fall into, and that's always looking and being more optimistic than most. And I think you and I were probably, I think you were more optimistic than me, but we were both thinking that this team is a 7-8, and we even used the, the number 9 win team this year. I think those hopes and dreams have, have left the building where do you think only five games in? Where do you think we went wrong? What was what what was the flaw in how we viewed this team? The flaw in our expectations. Yeah, I I just don't think they did enough defensively. Um, when you look at you know changeover from last year, yeah, a m- majority of it is the same, um, a majority of it. Gosh, you're not trying to be mean, but majority of them are just average guys, you know. I think that did we expect the addition of, you know, Hutchinson to have a bigger impact? Probably, um, you know, which he hasn't had yet. Not saying he never will, but I, I think that, uh, you know, we looked at what this defense did last year, and there were so many games, John, where it's like, God, if the offense just scores 20 points, yeah, you know, they're probably winning six or seven games. And the, Aaron Glenn was just doing so much with so little. Undrafted free agents, you know, and and year one, year two guys. And it's like, man, you know, get him a couple more players. Let's see what he does with even more. And uh, I don't think we predicted, anybody could have predicted how big of a step back this defense was going to take. Um I just think that, gosh, I mean, when you sit back and look at it, was the writing on the wall, you know? Like, is this something that we should feel blindsided by, you know? Like, when you actually look at what they did, yeah, the offense has been better, but defensively has clearly been the issue, at least throughout the first four games. Right. I didn't think they were horrible yesterday. I think they at least gave them a chance in the first half to still compete, only letting up, you know, three field goals there. Um but I think that's – I think, man, man, I think maybe we just overlooked that. Maybe we just expected uh, too much out of guys like Hutchinson and even, you know, Malcolm uh, to go in there and be difference yeah. makers. They haven't been. And like I said, that doesn't mean they're not going to be. Um, but you're still relying on a lot of really young players that just have not taken that next step yet. And, you know, and injuries. I, and, the, and injuries. And even a concern yesterday – you know, you got a guy who had what five or six interceptions last year, who five games in this year is benched. Amani. I mean, he was a healthy scratch lat yesterday. Yeah. Like that's just. I mean, it, it just seems like there's a lot of guys that have either stayed stagnant, or maybe even taken a step back. And you know, how Coach Campbell hit on it is... so hard about needing those guys to take the next step, man, and we just haven't seen it. How and much that's... of that is personnel? How much of that is is on the coaches on AG? I mean, I would put most of it on personnel. I think you just look across the field, and John, I, we talked about it a little last week. If we were playing offensive line against this defense, man, we'd probably be licking our chops. Oh yeah. You know, you you know, you just have a bunch of dudes that are probably just going to run into you. You know, they're not going to be able to get off blocks. 
You know, you might get popped in the jaw a couple times because how fast they play downhill, but you know they're not going to make any plays. Right. You know what I mean? And that's just the sad truth, man. And there were so many times yesterday where, um, I mean, it, it, when you watch the film, like even watching the Seattle film, going into it, I was kind of like, man, I just expect everybody to just be completely out of position or getting their ass kicked or doing something because it was so bad. Yep. You know, and you turn that film on and you're actually like, I mean, guys are in positions to make a play. They're just not doing it. So for me, that was like, okay, the coaches are at least trying to set these guys up to have success. Um, and even yesterday, a bunch of times, you just see, you know, defensive linemen, hey, man, they're right there, disengage, make a tackle. And you saw it a couple times. I mean, there was, I think, Aleem we mentioned yeah. as a guy who kind of stood out yesterday as, as being better. Um, but one guy making improvements, you know, like that, that's just, to me, it's just guys, they don't have guys that win one on one matchups. Uh, they don't have guys that can get off blocks. Uh, and they don't have guys that uh, in the back end, um, you know, seem to be competitive enough or athletic enough to keep up with some guys, you know. And gosh, I know they got hit hard yesterday by, uh, by injuries, especially in the defensive backfield, but. I mean, it, to me, I just I, I put I put majority majority of that on just I, I just don't think they have any dudes, man. They don't have yep. any game records. They don't have a dude you can count on on third and eight to go make a play and get off the field. How about Jared Goff? Uh, through the first four games, he he converted a lot of people. They were uh, a lot of ass kissing going on at that point. Oh, Jared Goff, you know the most. Most points in the NFL. Uh, he's operating the offense. Yeah, there's two pick sixes, but we can look over those because everything else looks so good. And then, obviously, New England happens, and they get shut out. Where do you land on Jared Goff right now as as the quarterback of this team? I think yesterday he looked uncomfortable. Um, you know, he got he took took a few more hits than what we've seen throughout the the first four games. Yeah. Um, looked like the pressure was, uh, gosh, I mean, there was a lot of pressure, and I'm not putting that like I haven't watched the tape yet, so I don't know if it's a just some old lineman getting beat, maybe it's a running back, uh, you know, missing a blitz, maybe it's just the wide receivers having an ma that causes the quarterback to scramble because they're not in the right spot. You don't have those answers right now, but. Uh, he just did not look comfortable. He didn't look like he was in a rhythm. And even early in that game, I mean, you remember the play right before the fourth and one. It's like uh, third and six, and the protection was really good. And all of a sudden, he just sprints out of the pocket, sprints to the sideline, and and doesn't get the first down. Yeah, you know. And it's like, why is he doing that? You know, there's no pressure. You know, so for me, that's like, well, maybe one of the receivers ran the wrong route and he just tried to make something happen. I don't know, but um, he just didn't look comfortable. And another thing that I think was pretty obvious after the game yesterday, man, I don't think 14 should have played. I mean, he played on a limited snap count. Yeah. You know, I don't even know what the final was. I couldn't have been more than maybe 15 or 20, but it felt like the times he was in there, uh, Jared was just staring him down. You know, and there were a couple plays there with what they had another fourth and three there in the third quarter, maybe where, you know, he just stares him down and throws a one yard pass. Yeah. So it's like to me, that was kind of like, I don't know, 14, maybe he was in there and maybe Jared just felt pressure to get him the ball. You know, they didn't want to waste his availability, whatever you might call it. But 
clearly we saw that they <laughs> they were okay last week without yeah. him. You know, I think Jared did a much better job last week of scanning the field and spreading the ball out a little bit more. But I, I just I, do I think it was a bad performance from him. I, I wouldn't say that. I, I mean, it certainly wasn't what we saw the first four weeks, but. Um, I think it was just the offense as a, as a whole, man. I don't think you can really put that on one guy. Uh, but what I will say is the turnovers, they got to stop. They have to stop. Yeah. I mean, that throw to TJ, he's just staring him down. He's staring him down the entire time. Can't do it. You know, the the fourth down where you if you're going to get sacked, just get sacked, man. Live to see another down. You know, he yeah. tries to flip the ball and get it out of his hands. Fumble goes back for six. You can't do that. You can't win that way. And for me, that's the biggest concern with him right now is that um, he's just turning the ball over too much. And unfortunately, like 70% of his turnovers go back for touchdowns. You can't good. do it, man. You just can't do it. You can't hurt your team that way. Especially when your defense was playing good. At that point, it was 6 nothing. Yeah. You know, who cares, man? Live, live to play another down. Keep this thing tight. If you're going to turn it over, don't let it go for a touchdown. You know, so and, I think that that play, I mean, that is that's definitely a concern when it comes to his play as well. And the most disappointing thing, I think, especially for you and I, um, was just the the offensive line. I, I still think they're a, a top five, top ten offensive line, but you can't have performances like that. And we've all had those moments where, hey, sometimes you just get beat. I know Penny Sewell, it happened to him, it happened to Frank, it happened to, to Logan, uh, happened to, to Taylor Decker, but... How I mean, how did those guys? How did you handle a game like that? I think you just try to forget about it, man. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. Like you're just gonna have. There's some value in watching the film. There's yeah, other value in just there hey. is. But I mean, let's be honest. Like you know what this group is. You know, you know that the first four games. I mean, they weren't overachieving. Where it was like, oh my god, they're a surprise. You know, yeah. like we expect them to be uh, the strength of this this team. And so anytime you have a bad day like that, man, it's just you got to point the finger in the mirror. You know, you can't be looking around elsewhere because, like you said, it wasn't one spot that was having trouble. I mean, I think as you, you kind of watch, you watch the TV cop more than I did, it kind of looked like everybody just kind of taking their turn at yep. maybe having a, a, a costly error at, a, at a, a very important time. You know, the third and two, you got a guy that doesn't pull. You know, you lose seven yards in a play that might have been a touchdown. Right. Um, you got other plays, you know, third downs where, you know, both tackles get beat with speed rushes around the edge. You're like, man, just you don't see that very often, you know. So uh, I think it's one of those things, yeah, you got to learn from it. It's got to piss you off because they obviously expect themselves to play at a higher level. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think you get it, it, it can affect their confidence because I still think that, like you said, this still is one of the top offensive lines, in my opinion. Um, they just collectively uh, had a bad day. Bad. Yeah, had a bad day. Uh, and so I tell you what, uh, when we come back next week, we're going to talk about some of the changes or some of the adjustments that need to happen in the bye week. They have two weeks to sit on this one, uh, to live with it, as we all do. Uh, when they come back, it doesn't get any easier. It's a trip down to Dallas. Uh, and if you thought uh, Matthew Judon was tough, there's a guy down there, Micah Parsons, who is uh, a hell of a rusher. So we'll talk about some of the changes, adjustments on both sides of the ball that uh, we expect the Detroit Lions to make and improve upon over this bye week. And we'll talk to you next week here on Necessary Roughness.